Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. State of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I'm delighted to be joined on the Axon Bulletin by Tony Haggerty and Amy Canavan. We'll be looking back on the slender 1 0 victory over Motherwell, as well as uh, the injury list that continues to grow. And during the show, we'll have the uh, European draw as well at 1 o'clock, so we'll find out our fate in the playoff of the conference uh, league as well. So, loads to talk about, Tony. I was just saying before I came on, yesterday was a bit unusual for myself, so I had to watch the game this morning, having seen the reaction first, and I was expecting a horrific performance by Celtic. Um, The only thing I saw that was a a horrific performance was once again by the referee. But watching it, knowing what the score was um, for the first time and trying to analyse it, I just think we've seen a few of these this season, 
and I wasn't overly concerned, right? So I'm going to throw that out to you first, Tony. What was your thoughts yesterday? Um, I didn't think it was ever in any kind of, any risk of losing anything at Celtic Park yesterday. I really thought we controlled the game. Yeah, we probably should have scored a couple more goals. But under the circumstances, get the result, get out of Dodge, and we look ahead to Wednesday. That's all you can do at the minute. Just keep winning games because we're losing personnel as quick as we're winning games. So, as you say, get out of Dodge, get the three points, on to the next one. You know, and they could have scored a lot of goals yesterday. Should have scored a few more yesterday. But they scored one more than the opposition. I don't care how it comes around, how it comes about. Celtic won the game. You, you, you work on style and finesse later, but this is a manager who's, eh, he must think he's cursed, injury-wise. He's not mm-hmm. been able to play a settled 11 many times this season, if at all. You know, he must yearn for the day when he gets his players in, he's done his business in the transfer window and he has everybody available. Yet, what does he say at the end? We don't moan, we don't bleat, we don't make excuses, we get on with it. I tell the team that, I say that to the players, you've won another three points, you keep rising to the challenge, keep doing it. And I know it's taking its toll in terms of injuries, but we keep winning games, we're on Rangers' coattails, we are the hunters, and we've got to stay that way. And you know what? I I didn't think he played particularly badly yesterday. Scored a wonderfully rehearsed training ground set-piece goal. Absolutely brilliant. You'll go a long way to see a better set-piece than that uh, over all the leagues in Europe this uh, this weekend. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. You can't underestimate the role Callum McGregor played in that. Orchestrated it. David Tumble credited him with his interview after it and said it was Callum that told me to do it. And he ran... Took two defenders away, created the space for Rodic while sent a uh, Turnbull, plate to Rodic, plate shot to Rodic, don't go for a shot. Temptation to go for a shot there, isn't it? See what happens. And and it paid off. And that's what you like about the Celtic team. They're actually thinking now, as the manager says, doing things with a purpose. The purpose right now is to win football matches. They're doing that. I don't know what the Celtic supporters want at the minute because there's a lot of injuries, a lot of disruption to that team, a lot of disruption to the flow of that team. Just win matches, and that's what Andy's doing right now. So big up to him yesterday. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the last three weeks, Amy, there's been a few similar performances. You know, the one nil against Hearts, one nil against St Johnson. Then we've got yesterday's game as well as a two one against Aberdeen, where you're coming away, and it's quite narrow in terms of the scoreline, um, and it's not been the kind of performances that were described as rip roaring previously by Tony Haggerty. Copyright 2021. However, um, I wasn't too concerned. Is it something that concerns you? Because as Tony says, we are get it's not, I don't even think it's grinding out the results. It's not as though I remember a game a couple of years ago against Hamilton where it was one each and uh, Scott Brown scored in about the 93rd minute in the rain Wednesday mm-hmm. night and you, you'd have done anything just to get the result and get out of there. It wasn't really like that, was it? No, and as Tony kind of alludes to, you know, December is always a, a tricky calendar month. Um, it's always a hectic one for for most teams, especially then chucking a cup final as well, which I'm not saying, oh my God, we're in a cup final because you, you want to be there, but it does, it adds things up, you know, and it is a hectic calendar. Um, so it's, it is a tough month as it is. Do that without right now a recognised striker, then it's going to get even tougher. So... I don't care how Celtic are winning matches as long as they're winning matches and that's all that is all that matters, you know, if it's winning ugly. But I wouldn't even say winning ugly then because I'd kind of more go on the you know, 
how many months ago would we have said, you know, Celtic just can't quite get into the habit of winning? You know, there was the, the Livingston game, you, you thought about a flow was coming and then that gets thrown in as a curveball. And Celtic just can't quite seem to, you know, keep keep it going. But they are now getting into that habit of winning. And that is what this Celtic side especially need. And if it comes away with however many, seven, eight, one nils this, this December or this Christmas period, whatever you want to call it, then I will gladly take it. And I don't think there'll be many Celtic fans who wouldn't take that. And I understand it might not be the most pleasant on the eye. And again, one nil can always be a little bit deceiving and it's not the most comfortable because it is that slender lead. But not one moment did Celtic yesterday look like conceding. You know, and Motherwell, this is a Motherwell side too. Well, Graham Alexander's just won yet another manager of the month. Don't ask me quite how. But this is a decent Motherwell side right now, you know, and they grind out wins themselves, sorry. Tony Watt, obviously, there is a little bit of speculation right now around his contract. But I don't think that's an excuse because I don't think he plays any differently than he would. Um, but he's in fantastic fighting form. You know, he is the league's top top goal scorer. He certainly was at the time. You know, Kevin Van Veen, these are good players and they've got a solid team. And Alexander has them playing like that. Yesterday they certainly didn't come out to play the way that Motherwell have been playing in recent weeks, but it's no it's no mean feat. And I just think that getting that one nil and being a comfortable one nil, I know that's not really what it, what people think it is because it is just a one nil. But that was a comfortable one nil. If you can tell me one minute in the game that I felt like Celtic were going to concede, probably except that that ridiculous shot, you know, that, that bounced off the crossbar in the first half. Um, and it was still nil nil. But other than that, there, there wasn't many times that you know thought Joe Hart made that double save that was offside. There was nothing that I felt Celtic were under, you know, unimaginable pressure. I mean uh, these are base statistics. And I know that the, the data guys and numbers guys like Alan Morrison do um, more intense uh, analytics, but possession 71% again, Amy. Shots on goal 26 against nine, uh, corners 10 against two. And I think that does tell the story of what you're saying there. It was a controlled performance. Um, the 12.30 bulletin, just for anyone asking when we start, normally starts at 12.30 uh, on a weekday. So in terms of us going a wee bit early, that's just to get the whole set set up and get Amy and Tony in the room or in their respective rooms and we can have a wee conflab before we get started. Now, before I forget, how could I possibly forget? Look at this man behind me, the, the late, great Bertie Old. All this big pile of goods here um, are part of the charity fundraiser for St Mary's uh, and I was just looking at it before we came online there we're just under £3,800 on the auction which is on eBay the links are on the social media uh, channels and we're sitting at over twenty-five grand all in at the moment for St Mary's so we'll know our total in the next 24 hours but we are expecting a few more donations to come in before then can we beat last year's total of 27000 we live in hope. It's all going to the birthplace of Celtic. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. We pulled this together. As I say, we, I'm not just talking about Axon. Everybody involved have pulled this together uh, over the last 13 days. This was launched on the 1st of December. So fantastic work by everybody. And we'll be able to um, give them a big check uh, just at the right time of the year as well. So please get your comments coming in on the social media channels. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitch, YouTube and Twitter. And we'll do our best to get you involved in the show. Um, I'm going to hark back to Tommy Burns again. The Tommy Burns mm -hmm. team, Tony, because, you know, the free-flowing football that we've seen at, at points this season has has been reminiscent of the entertaining football that Tommy played. Um, why didn't he win leagues? Too many draws. So we're going into games like this and we're winning one nothing. How many times did we see the 1-1 and the 2-2, sometimes nothing each 
in Tommy's time. So I, I totally take on board what Amy's saying. I mean, one nothing's as good as anything at this moment in time. That's what I'm referring to as well. You know, you just you just win the football match. Doesn't matter how you do it. We're fast becoming the Arsenal of Scottish football. One no to Celtic. One no. I'll take that. You'll take, yeah, you'll take it all day long. You know, it doesn't matter what the score is. As long as you score one more than the opposition, that's an object of the exercise, isn't it? And the managers seeing that as well. He's telling his players are constantly rising to challenges. They've been hit with every challenge possible this season with injuries to key players, mm. you know, big games coming up at moments in time when, you know, thick and fast. I mean, you've got to play big games, doesn't matter when you play them, but they're just coming at them thick and fast and they're dealing with it, you know, and that was a comfortable one now win for me as it gets yesterday. I just, the second half, I don't think Mother will get out of the half, did they? You know, it was all constant Celtic. They squandered chances, yeah, and people can moan about squandering chances. Yeah, fine, but I'd moan about squandering chances if we drew now now. Well, right, we we played Livingston, drew now now, never created a chance the whole game, and got then got a, a golden opportunity to score from the penalty spot and blew it. You know, so it's, it's that fine margin, isn't it, in games? But yesterday we were we were well in control, well in command. I, I think if Mother would taken anything, it would have been an absolute travesty. You had the one off the bar, Joe Hart's double save. That's it. That's all they did. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you talk about one goal from 26 efforts at goal. That is a poor ratio, but it's still, still enough to win the game. We can work on, again, again I say it, we can work on finesse and style and being clinical as we're going along. I'm sure the manager will get it stressed into the guys' heads this week when they go to Dingwall. You know, you've got to need, need to be more clinical. Tony, I'll take a one nothing up there as well. Well, you, you'll take any kind of win, Paul. Yeah. Until such times when you know the, the, the transfer window comes and you get reinforcements, you just have to keep winning by hook or by crook. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be aesthetically pleasing in the eye or that rolling free scoring, never boring. We want it to be that, but kind of get what you want all the time. You just need to keep winning football matches. You know, that's a, that's the bottom line for Celtic right now. And as Amy says, having the cup final next week puts a, a layer of added pressure because you're going you might well go seven points behind in the league again you know with your game in hand which you're going to have to win that puts your pendulum of pressure back to you mm. that's assuming that Rangers win their game but you know the, the way they're going just now then you probably think that they will so you know it's you don't think Rangers will drop points until they play Celtic you know, it's going to be up to Celtic too eat into that lead at the top so yeah fine but bring it on let's go let's not shut from the challenge Oh, you're right, Tony. As long as it's still four points when we go into the second mm-hmm. of January, then you know we'll be pretty satisfied with that. I think. I'm in, I'm interested in uh, a player that Amy brought up, Tony Watt, um, and I'm not going to labour the Tony Watt um, situation. What I'm going to say though is uh, what I noticed about Tony, having watched them obviously breaking into the Celtic side, um, is the development physically of Tony Watt now. Um, I think you'd be best described as a wee skinny laddie when he first came into the Celtic side, right? And you see him now. I mean, he's absolutely bulked up. And I keep using that analogy of of the um, the Ryan Christie scenario. 
uh, Tony where he goes away to Aberdeen, comes back physically completely transformed and he became a much better player as a result of that. I don't think at this moment in time, Mikey Johnson is up to the rigours of uh, this level of football. And, you know, it wasn't his worst game by any stretch of the imagination, but I still feel that he doesn't have the end product. He doesn't uh, get by his man, um, you know, anywhere near as enough as he should. And actually, down the left-hand side, I feel that we are so, so weak because I feel exactly the same about Greg Taylor. I think we're so weak down the left when it's Taylor and Mikey Johnson. We have no physical presence. And unless he goes and does a Tony Watt or a Ryan Christie, I don't think he's got a future at Celtic Park. I know your thoughts on this already, Tony. Is it as simple as that, Amy? Because there's no doubt in his ability and skill, but... (laughs) He's getting the chances now. I mean, he got the old Mr Miyagi treatment, didn't he? Sub on, sub off. No many Celtic players get that. He got that yesterday. And I'm not going to use this as a um, an opportunity to have a go at the young players. I'm still calling her young at 22. Uh, but I want to see him performing well for Celtic. But I'm not seeing it. I think he gets a lot of leeway. Um, and it's frustrating. And perhaps that's why he gets leeway, because... It, it, we've had those glimmers, you know, of I'm beating the man, getting down to the byline when he was young. But you look at kind of the, the different, not criticism, but we'll go with criticism, um, that perhaps I'll give to Leo Labada, you know, and I think there's sometimes, I think like Abada's, I think he's definitely dropped off since he first started and whatnot. But you think, right, he's two years younger. He's also just came into this team. He's moved country, everything that comes with that during a pandemic. But I'll, be harsher on a badder than I will be on Johnson. And I look at myself and I'm going, why do you do that? Because I think, I don't know why, but Johnson does just get this, like, it's just almost a right. And I think we kind of do it with a lot of the academy players. And I understand that, like, I'm a big believer and you want the academy guys to come through. You want Stephen Wells. You want Owen Moffat to be coming through. Everyone's proud of McGregor and Forrest. And that is just, it is the Celtic way. But Johnston, you know, we do all say young Johnston. He is 22 now. You know, that is not as far from prime, but at 22, if you're going to be established in the Celtic side, then you should, you know, kind of be there by now. And I know then that's also, I'm not saying because obviously Cal McGregor was a lot later, but Mikey Johnson's been in the setup for what, four years now? Four or five years? It's been a wee while since his debut. Um, and I understand the injuries and whatnot, but there's just, there is a overwhelming frustration when it comes to Johnson when you watch him play. I think his decision-making more than anything is actually quite poor. I think sometimes he doesn't know if to shoot or sometimes he doesn't know if to, you know, pass. And I, and I think that's actually the, the critical thing. He doesn't beat the men the same. And again, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't think that yesterday was one of his worst performances. I'm assuming that it's not the injury that Wise came off. It's almost that he just can't, you know, play more than an hour right now. Um, but, but even that in itself, I, I'm a bit surprised because it's been a few weeks now as rehab. He has been coming, coming back. But yeah, it's an overwhelming frustration when it comes to Johnson. I don't think yesterday is a determining factor if he stays or if he goes but if he doesn't start not putting a man of the match performances but putting in notable performances over the next few weeks I do think there has to be a time where we go right It's the Marketers Report This week Patrizia Spagnoletto Global Chief Marketing Officer Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. 
the best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Or is he just going to be a squad player and is he going to be, have to be quite content with that? Because he's not you know, one of, one of those starting 11 players, then if that you're only maybe getting 50 minutes a half-decent Mikey Johnston, I don't think that's that's quite the, the quality that Andrew Postacoglu is looking for. I'm looking ahead um, to the cup final, of course, and I know we've got a, a very difficult obstacle in between uh, now and then. But I'm going to shape the question a wee bit differently to yourself, Tony, because you'll be thinking, stop asking me about Mikey Johnston, Paul. I've told you what I think. Um, I'm looking down that left, and I don't think we've got the... Um, the attributes down the left when it's Taylor and Johnson. We know James Forrest came off at the weekend again. We'll talk about him individually. I don't think that's strong enough to start the cup final. And I'm now looking at the fact that Ralston's came back in and I thought he just started off where he left off again. He just clicked right in, playing balls up the wing, brilliant defensive tackles, the usual. And I'm looking at the, the fact that you've got Zhiranovic as well. How do we get a wee bit more presence on the left? Do we start with a badder? Uh, on the left because I know he switched over there if so who plays on the right I know Zhiranovic was playing there for a wee a left back playing on on the right hand side up and down the, so I'm, I'm now looking at the cup final and how much issues and how many dilemmas Ange has where does Mikey Johnson stand for you when it comes to selecting that team to be honest I don't think he'll be starting in the cup final I wouldn't start him Ange himself said yesterday after the game that his hand was forced for Mikey Johnson because he was only meant to get 30 minutes. Going back to what Amy said about his recuperation and his rehabilitation, you know, he came on because James Forrest went off, mm-hmm. which is fair enough. But he took him off again as a precaution and you're saying, right, OK, I get all that, I understand that. But uh, he, he just, he, he, for me, he just doesn't do enough. You, you know my thoughts on it, you know, it's... Uh, I, I'm frustrated with Mikey Johnson because I think there's a player there. I think every Celtic supporter is willing to do well because he is an academy graduate. They see the odd spark, but it's not enough. It's just not enough. And you may say there, his decision making is appalling sometimes. Mm. You know, and then he, for a guy that's been in and around the first team for that long, he should be better, shouldn't it? He should know. He should know the opposition as well. He should know how to beat players from certain teams. I just, I also think he's maybe suffering from a, a lack of confidence too. Which he, does a, look, he does look like he is. Uh, yeah. you know, I think he's a confidence player. Because mm-hmm. he won against Leverkusen and had a lovely wee cameo, didn't he? Made a wee impact. You know, when you thought confidence levels would be up. 
you know, and uh, I just think maybe he needs a goal or something to kickstart it. But but it's hard to justify playing him when he's no producing. This is you my know? concern because Nine. I think um, as we as we sit here this morning, like you say, that's a laptop decision. Mikey has to come off. He's done yeah, his yeah. running. You know, it's what it's a science decision. I bring him off. They, they didn't expect to throw him in as soon as they did. You know, but. Um, as we sit here, it looks as though it'll be a badder right and Mikey Johnson left. That's how it looks as though, unless Forrest is back to full fitness or there's a miracle elsewhere, that's what it looks like. I'm just seeing there, breaking news, Champions League draw now declared void. There was an issue with Man United's ball not being in when it should have been earlier on today. So who knows what's happening there or if it's going to delay the, the Celtic draw, but uh, I'll keep a wee eye on that. Um, playing with no recognised striker as well. Now, yeah. We have seen in the past managers deciding not to do that, and I'm not talking about Celtic. Now, Ange Postecoglou has been forced time and time again this season to be playing players um, in areas of the park that they, they shouldn't be playing in. And again, it happened at the, the weekend. We got away with it. Um, but I'm looking, first and foremost, right, this has been forced by three injuries to Kyogo, Yakamakis, Nayeti. Three injuries and we don't have a striker. So there's a couple of wee uh, issues. We've spoken time and time again, and I know that you keep an eye on the, the B team, the Colts teams, uh, Amy. We obviously don't have a player of a standard that can step up. And even if we did, they've not had the first-team experience, a la Stephen Welsh. When you need a player, it's not great to throw them in. It happened with Dane Murray this season as well. You would like the player to be you know, bled into the team. Three injuries and we don't have a striker. That is unacceptable and I'm sure Ange Postecoglou feels exactly the same. But doesn't it highlight, once we get into January and we've been banging this drum for a few weeks, we cannot sign like for like. And what I mean by that is we can't bring three players in and let three players go. Because no. how's, how's that going to strengthen the squad? Exactly. You're talking about, you know, numbers and if three for three, then that's... Um... Like you say, you're, you're, it's just it's just a straight swap, isn't it? You're not you're not increasing by, by any matter of means, um, and and we definitely do. And again, I've been kind of saying in in our chat the last few days that I have watched a few a few performances for the Colts this season, and they are doing okay. And I know that I, I keep pelters because everybody thinks right, well, Amy just in the in the Lowland League anyway. But does it really matter? Bonnie got ten points clear, so. Um, a wee dig there, eh? We indirect free kick there, Amy. Yeah, well, let's talk about him. Um, but Celtic, they aren't sweeping sides away. And I mean, you know, mid-Lowland League kind of teams, that they're not sweeping them away. And that, from a, from a purely Celtic perspective, that is kind of worrying because that was the whole reason that these guys were meant to come in. They were obviously, they are coming against, and, and Tony knows this and you know this as well, Paul, but you're coming against, you know, 32-year-old men in the centre of the defence. <laughs> Like a unit, and they do just they get up their game against the Colts. Of course they do, because they want as well, they want these barons coming in and trying to you know beat me kind of thing. But Celtic, they haven't been anything. They have been far from exceptional. There are a few exceptional players in there, but it's a massive, massive leap from the Lowland League to then you know getting even close to a Celtic bench. There is the talks, you know, Joey Dawson, Brooks, Owen Moffat, because Owen Moffat has been in and around the, the Celtic side as well. Rocco Vata is by far for me, one of the most talented players, young players I think I've ever seen at 17 years age. It's absolutely frightening. Um, but again, he's not, he's, he's, he's performing extremely well in the Lone League, but you think, right, is that, that is a massive jump. It's not a step, it's a jump to then make the Celtic first team. So there is that, 
worry of where the the merge from B to, to first team does kind of happen. So January, we, we all know how crucial January is going to be. So it's um, I it's just it's vital, like you say, to not go three for three. That if it's you know even if right fine lose one, but you need to you need numbers because the the squad size is um, it is worrying. And that was again an exhibit, obviously, at the weekend that we that we had no fit strikers. You know, when when I think about the the lack of depth in that squad, people have been asking Tony about the amount of injuries we're getting. And as I said before, we will talk about James Forrest individually later on in the show. But is it not the case that loads of these players are playing too much? We've got such a small squad that we're getting to that stage of the game now where we are going to drop off. Had we had the squad where we could have more of a rotation, we we probably, the likelihood is, we wouldn't be uh, facing the cup final with so many injuries. Well, you're looking at, right, the strength and depth are always going to come back to bite you at some point. The manager said that himself. He's been alluding to that ever since August. He needed needed numbers in and he, he brought in a lot of numbers, but it still wasn't enough. But you look at the way they've been asked to play, not just in football games, but in training, that high intensity, all the players speak about it, that training is just a replica of game day. So if you're playing at that high intensity and you're not getting the rest and recuperation time or, or sufficient rest and recuperation time, is it surprised that these guys are pulling up with injuries? Because they've just been asked to go to the well too many times. And it's uh, and they can't do it. Their bodies can't physically cope, which is why some of them are getting hamstring injuries. The sports science will tell you that. Alan Morrison banged on about two or three days, you know, maximum for you know for the body to re-energise itself. But that's hard when you've got a game, <coughs> you get Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, and you're asking the same players to do it all the time. That squad is stretched. There is, there is, there is no way he can rotate. Ange can rotate it. So that's why he keeps bigging up the players and saying they keep handling every obstacle and challenge it's flung at them. Because he knows he's asking them to do a lot. Mm-hmm. But what else can he do? Other than bring in, as Amy says, the, the, the Celtic B team players who probably aren't the best equipped to cope with the rigours of Scottish Premiership football. The rough and tumble of it all. That's why he hasn't done it. Or he would have done it by now. And it's... in. That is a, a glaring example of the fact that our squad is chronic in its depth. It's not the manager's fault. It's just the way, it's just the the shambles that he inherited. And you know what? I think it's a big up to him as well that the fact that they've managed to hang on in there with that squad of players yeah. for so long and they're still hanging in there. They're grinding it out, winning ugly. Well, yesterday wasn't particularly ugly because I thought they played pretty well yesterday. But you know what I mean? It's a credit to the, the manager and the players that he's actually able to get them up and get them ready. You know, because the, the games are just coming thick and too thick and too fast for this squad of players. What well, we lost, Jota, Giacomatis, Kyogo, lost Forrest, Mikey Johnson still no right. You know, Greg Taylor's just coming back. You know, Tony Ralston's coming back. Yes. Off the top of my head, that's seven, which if you're firing on all cylinders... They're all champing at the bit. They're first-team players, or first-team ready players, as uh, Jim Bob would call them. So, I mean, come on, I mean, so these are these guys have all suffered this. Callum McGregor suffered as well. Mm-hmm. You know, injured. 
these are vital cogs in your machine. I've never heard the manager complain once of you. He doesn't, does he? I mean, this is the thing. He just takes everything in his stride. There's going to be also a £7 million uh, centre-half to throw in the mix as well. We, we yeah, take that yeah. up to eight. There's going to be managers of Scottish football clubs saying, what are you moaning about? You know, with all your riches and all these players. However, Celtic are, are going um, for every domestic trophy uh, that, that we participate in. We're in the final of the, the League Cup. We're still <coughs> in Europe. And in order to compete in four different competitions... You do need to have that depth, and we just we haven't had it this season. Um, now I'm looking at James Forrest. That's becoming a bit of a concern now. He limps off again, Amy. He's at that kind of post thirty stage of his career. Is he going to be ravaged by injury? Is this something that we're going to see time and time again from James? Because I mean, this isn't a knee jerk from me. It was all last season, and it seems to be so far this season as well. Quite a concern, Amy. I certainly hope not, um, and I can't. I honestly, I can't believe that you know people think that James Forrest is finished and James Forrest is done, and that he's not. You know, he's 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 been getting you know let off the hook for his god many years. I think James Forrest is still chronically underrated, and I, I understand that the kind of flip side to that is what I'm giving with Minky Johnson is kind of what what Forrest was for years for so many people that he was just that whipping boy, um, but I feel the difference is so that even at that young age, Forrest was doing stuff like even in that first real season where he broke in under Neil Lennon the first time round you know he was a starter for a reason because he was banging the goals in and he was always beating men to the byline you know there's not a man in the in the league that James Forrest wouldn't beat to the byline and I, I get then that now maybe that that's not quite so, so much the case I just I think again it's 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 just so detrimental to Celtic because he's just such a, a, a great asset. Um, and I think what he offers is kind of what Ange Postecoglou likes, you know, that wide player. He links up really well if it be Ralston or um, or Juranovic kind of behind him. He knows, we're talking about guys who, you know, know the league, know who, the, the men that they can beat. And I just think Forrest is now also offering that experience up top. We've got a very youthful front three um, and, you know, new to the league, all these all these little factors. But Forrest is that kind of experienced head. And I genuinely think that he would be a great, almost like mentor to, to Abada. Yes. And, and and I think that's probably what we're going to miss the most because I just think it offers so much. So I, I certainly hope, like, to answer your question that it is not, you know, going to be Forrest plays two games, Forrest out for six weeks. So if it is, then that is, that is a real concern. I know that's slightly exaggerative, but um, no, I do. I, I hope that, I don't know, I hope Mr Miyagi can work his magic or something like that. There's somebody <laughs> in there because uh, I, I love watching James Forrest in a Celtic shirt. Nothing like an 80s uh, movie reference, by the way. Uh, Tony, again, do we go back to the Threadbare squad has been one of the reasons for this? Has he been brought in slightly earlier than he, he would have done had we another few options in front of him? He probably has. But the manager's hands forced here, isn't it? <laughs> he can only work with what he's got. And uh, Would it surprise you to see Kyogo in the starting lineup on Sunday? No, it wouldn't, actually. Would it? I mean, he's been prone to throwing the old flanker in, the bull dange. Saying things and and then just parachuting guys in from nowhere. I wouldn't surprise me. I think it'd be a, a greater surprise if Jota appeared. But then again, I'm thinking he might appear, despite the public utterances of being two or three weeks away or, or whatever. But then, do you run the risk of putting these guys out for the Rangers game in January? You know, these are these are uh, 
high risk strategies that the manager's going to have to work out mm-hmm. uh, before Sunday because the sports science will probably tell you that they're not ready. The players will probably tell you, I can play. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And I can play some part in Sunday. You know, and lots of Celtic fans will probably think we should have enough to beat Hibs. But the, the recent pattern has been grinding out one nils, and uh, and according to a lot of Celtic supporters, not playing particularly well. I thought they did okay yesterday. I'm not saying they were scintillating, but it was pretty commanding one nil performance. Mm. I never felt in any real danger. Other people read it differently and say, "Oh, what a mistake away from you know dropping points," but. You're always a mistake away from dropping points at one 0 but I still felt that Mother will never an attack to speak of in that second half, unless I watched a totally different game. So we're, we're doing the job. Well, we weren't as clinical as we could have been yesterday. There's a difference. If we're clinical, you win that three or four nothing. Mm. You, but you, you see that thing with we, Forrest we were talking about. Um, you had a good chance. Yeah. He also had two very good chances against Hearts. Yeah. It could well be that it's just that lack of sharpness. So he's coming in for a few games and he's back out again. And he's yeah. not getting that sharpness. He's not 100%. There's a difference um, between fit and match fit. Mm-hmm. This will tell you that. There's a big, big difference, Paul. Uh, so maybe that is what's uh, concerning, James. You might be fit, but you might not be match fit and that match sharp and match ready. Because I can't for life me fathom how he missed that one against Hearts that hit the post, I just can't, but mm-hmm. it happens to all people and I'm with Amy, I, I just think uh, Forrest's contribution is immeasurable. Just look at his medal hall. It's colossal. And he's just one of these guys who just, he goes under the radar in terms of Celtic supporters, heroes, but he's the most decorated player at the club and he's come up with big goals for the club in big games at big times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I don't know why he's not lauded from the rooftops, but maybe it's just in keeping with his own personality. He doesn't shout and scream, and, and he's not well, one of these kind of uh, gregarious personalities. He just does his talking on a park. He does. He's low maintenance, Tony. And I think um, from memory, he's on 19 medals, so Sunday would be his 20th mm. if he makes it, you know, uh, which is an, an astonishing yeah. Trophy hall for for one individual mm. player. Stephen Sloan uh, joins us on YouTube. Welcome to the show, Stephen. I'm worried about our finishing. We are so wasteful in front of goal. We should have easily have scored five yesterday. And I think it all feeds into the same situation. We don't have a recognised striker. Some people are coming in. They're playing out of position or they're not 100 percent sharp. And that that obviously plays its part. Also, you know, when we're creating so many chances, and a lot of these are coming in from crosses into the box, as we've said before. You know, how many points have we lost against Livingston this season? Five. Take those five and you're sitting top of the league. How many crosses did we have in those two games? 80. That's an astonishing statistic. 80 crosses into the box in 180 minutes against Livingston. Zero goals. So I take Stephen's point on 
on board. And of course, I'm just wanting my Les Ferdinand to marry in with my David Ginola. And uh, that'll be that issue resolved. Now, we're talking about moments of the game yesterday, Tony, where you didn't think we were at any uh, risk of losing a goal. Now, that that's something that I don't think we could have said a few weeks ago. But I'll tell you what, since since Carol Starfelt came back in, Amy, now he, he has taken a lot of stick. I have seen assured performances, n- none of this hearts and mouths moments that he was giving us week in, <laughs> week out. And, uh, you know, Ange actually stood up for him, didn't he, in one of the press conferences where he said, listen, here's a player who signed and got thrown in. He hadn't even trained. He didn't know his teammates. And he's had to learn on the job, if you like. He's now kind of settled in. And that injury layoff, bizarrely, seems to have done him pretty pretty well because he's come back in. He's looking far more assured, isn't he? Another good performance yesterday. Yeah, I think he's. Um, I, th- I think that's the word actually. Is is assured. I think he's looking comfortable. That partnership is definitely getting struck up. There's an understanding between him and Carter Vickers, which is crucial. You know, it's you talk about partnerships and relationships, um, and a lot is always in that final third. But it's so important at the back, and we can't actually underestimate how good and solid we are at the back. You know, we're saying that that, that 1-0 yesterday, we maybe had five chances or whatever, should have scored five goals um, or five clear-cut chances, sorry. But the reason as well is just because we're simply not, we don't look like conceding because our back line, they're just so in sync. Um, I, I think Juranovic out there is absolutely exceptional as well. Um, but I, I don't I don't know, perhaps maybe what's happened over that little injury spell for Starfield, Starfield sorry, but I, I, I'm with you. I think he's came back looking just a, a lot more comfortable. I've seen quite a few interviews with him over the weekend. You know, he was, he, he said how he came in, obviously, and he had to stay in a hotel and whatnot. Now he's got a little place. He's had family and friends over as well. He's really starting to love just Glasgow life in general. So that all combines, you know, he's just a more comfortable and happy and life's a little bit more, you know, just there's there's a routine now because there's there can't be anything you know exciting staying in a hotel room for a few weeks, um and not having that support network around you. But you know the the relationship and partnership and the understanding that he's striking up with, with Carter Vickers and Taylor as well on his side because that's important. Um you know I think there was a lot there's a lot of balls getting fed out between the two of them yesterday that was just like sharp balls, quick balls. You almost understanding Taylor's pace. Um, but yeah, it's it is it's great to see. It's crucial because you know, well, I think most of us certainly now did think that we were under the impression that Julian would be back by now. But every kind of time that his name's mentioned, it's another few weeks. It's another few weeks, and it is worrying. I, I don't really, I don't think anybody knows how long it's going to be until till Chris Julian is back because it always seems a different day and a different a different week, a different month almost every time he's asked. So for, for Starfield and Carter Vickers to be being that solid partnership, it's absolutely crucial to, to, to everything that Celtic's doing right now. They are they are building a really good partnership. There's no doubt that they're the two first picks at the moment. Uh, Big Julian often is forgotten about at the moment, Tony, because we just don't know when he's coming back. Jungle Lion comes in to say that even if he was back, you'd be struggling to get in there at the moment, wouldn't he? I mean, Carter Vickers, again, totally dominant. It's centre-half. I don't know if you noticed during the week, but Carol Starfield put up a Facebook post, right? Just talking about a player being happy, right? He said he went to buy his Christmas tree and two Celtic supporters served him and gave him it for nothing. Right? I don't know where he got it from, but and he was just like, and I didn't do it for I said, I never went in for that reason, but it's just another indication of a guy that's getting it now, right? And it's, and it's took a wee while to sink in, but he realises... You know, he's playing for a, a cause, right? And 
maybe took a wee while to adjust to that. Well, I know it's a kind of daft anecdote, but it's it just, he was talking about the fact that he, he's really happy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it kind of shows now in his performances, you know, and, and, and things like that make you feel happy that everywhere you go, people, not saying giving you free stuff, but they're just lauding you and saying, ah, oh, you're the man, and, you know, that that's that's quite a, quite a compliment, you know, and it's something that they'll never experience again in their career. You know, Tommy Burns nailed it when he said, half the city hates you, the other half think they own you. When he's talking about the Glasgow Goldfish Bowl, and it's never a truer saying. But see, when you're owned and the people are kind towards you, you just can't help but think, I'm going to perform for them. And I think Starfield took a while for that penny to drop. But my goodness, since his injury and he's came back in, he's performing. And Car- him and Carter Vickers, I-, I was watching the two of them yesterday in particular, because... Tony Watt and Van Veen uh, were quite physical yesterday. And the two of them just swatted, two of those two just swatted the two of them aside as if they weren't there and thought, throw, throw us it, give us what you got. Because we've got far more in our locker than you'll ever have. And I was quite uh, impressed by that. I was really impressed by the way they went about their business because they can mix it up. People's criticism of Starfield is that he's maybe not comfortable with the ball at his feet, but playing out of the back. And there are times when you can see that, but he's getting a lot better. And I've always felt that Cameron Carter Vickers has just settled in naturally. You know, he just be, he just looks like a, a centre half or a, a commanding presence at the back of the pack. And Julian will be in a fight if and when he gets back, still no definitive date. But you wouldn't break those two up for love nor money now, would you? Because you're liking what they're doing and there seems to be an understanding and a partnership and a relationship developing, and that's uh, that that'll work out for the betterment of Celtic moving forward. But I just uh, I just found that a bit telling that Starfield put that that Facebook post up because you know it's a it's it's a Celtic state of mind he's acquiring. Paul, I think you would call it. You know, and he's like enjoying it. it and he's happy and he's showing you that he's happy and. People love him and it's maybe something that he's never been used to in his career and he's liking it and he's liking his surroundings and he now feels a bit more settled, which is good because you can see that in his performances. You definitely you definitely can because they're more settled as well um, on the football part. You've just brought to mind as well, though, that you know you do have a, a real issue in terms of the divide. It's something you were talking about there Um with that Tommy Burns quote, which I think is uh, a, a great way to explain it. But I was just over the weekend there, quite saddened to hear that a fellow podcaster, vlogger, um, who goes by the name of Juddy, you will have seen him uh, online, was jumped while he was out on a night out. Uh, Juddy Talks is his show. Um, and he was jumped by four guys who you know, preceded uh, that jumping by asking him, oh, you're that guy who does the videos, the Celtic videos. So, you know, that's unacceptable because somebody is doing what they enjoy doing and they're doing it well and they're getting their face out there. Um, for that kind of flack in real life as well as, you know, electronically in a digital world, for that kind of abuse, physical or otherwise, totally unacceptable. So our thoughts are with Juddy. Hopefully you're doing all right, mate, if you're tuning in. And um, that is a shocker to hear that that happened over the weekend in your spare time as well. Now, another one, I'm going to have to bring it up before we speak about the wizardry of Tommy Rogic. I want to talk about Nier Beaton again because, I mean, he's a guy that 
he was much maligned, right? And we've been speaking about how Tommy Rogic is the the player who has been reinvigorated by Ange Postacoglu, as has Tony Ralston, given his chance, came in and took it with both hands. But near Beaton, slowly but surely, is racking up assured performances again. And what I saw from yesterday, mate, is a player who, and I didn't think I'd say this, suits the high tempo. He was a guy, I remember watching him for years, who slowed the play down. You know, he came in under Neil Lennon. He's been here coming up for nine years. So he's seen the Ronnie Daly years of Brendan Rodgers, Lennon, Mark 1 and 2. He's now playing under Ange. And he seems to suit the high tempo. And I thought he was far uh, more suited to a slower style of play. And time and time again, I've thought that Beaton would have been better moving on to a league that played a different style. It was too hustle and bustle up here in Scotland. I'm, I've been surprised by performances and he's up there in the top three players most improved under Ange. Oh, without a doubt. Um, I think you've definitely went from being fearful the minute everyone's name is seen in the starting lineup or mentioned or anything like that um, to now. I well put it this way: I don't fear. Um, I'm not sure if I'm always jumping with joy that I see him, but I think as well though, the most crucial factor is that he's not getting deployed in a role that he doesn't play very well. You know, he's not getting plays at his centre half. That's not where he's at his best. Um, and I understand and. You know, over the years, I'm not saying right. Well, then he should have been playing in midfield because we've had far better midfielders than your beat on over the last however many years that you, you've kind of you know probably you're thinking the last five six years, um, in in particular. But in that midfield role, he does just have that little bit more freedom. He's got a ridiculous now. That's one thing we all know. We all know he could ping a ball. You know, his range of passing is absolutely exceptional. Um, and that's just what he's kind of been given the license to do in the midfield. I think he, because he is that little bit more comfortable, still stepping back, I think he definitely enhances Callum McGregor's game as well because it lets him be that little bit more crafty, a little bit more creative. But, you know, Beaton's just that, that it's amazing, you know, just that little bit further up the pitch. He's not perhaps got the the um, the pressure almost of, of being that, that last line off defence because he was, you know, reluctant to a little silly leg out, dangling a leg out or a rash challenge really. But he's got that assured back line behind him, that assured partnership of Carter Vickers and, and Starfield. So I, I'm totally with you. I would never have thought that I'd, I would have actually seen a day that I didn't go <gasps> at the sight of near Beton's name in a Celtic lineup. But uh, certainly yesterday, I didn't. I didn't feel a lot of fear when his name was was seen. And like I said, for me, then that's just a massive, you know, a massive rise really from the um, the, the build that, that Beton's hand under under Postecoglou. Yeah, I mean, I, I am of the same view. Tony is one of the guys, a bit like Rogic, which is bizarre now that I'm saying this, that could have left the building pretty quietly. And now both players are going into their ninth years at Celtic and you're looking at them to bring that experience to a team that needs to to be kind of gelled together. And I think when you look at Beaton now, I, I was looking at McCarthy the other night, getting a start, getting a full 90 minutes under his belt. Uh, and I was wondering, should McCarthy get another game to start, you know, his progress in a Celtic jersey? But we've gone for Beaton again, and I think he deserves a jersey at the moment. Two things, right? The Jedi mind trick that I keep talking about that Angie's performed on, Roger performed it on Beaton. And two, and, and the second thing is, I guess it's always been his natural position on number six, hasn't it? He's just not played there enough. And he's played in a position where it's thankless because he. He's made mistakes. He's been sent off. He's let 
you know, his teammates down by playing in an unnatural position. But, and as I've said before, there's a player in there we beat on because he's his passing range is pretty good. You know, see if you just tell him, see when you get the ball, shunt it to footballers. You know what I mean? Don't try anything fancy. Just win the ball, break it up and sh- shackle other guys, stop opposition from playing. He's pretty good at that. And he's pretty good in that role. And But also, every now and again, if you see an eye for a pass, then hit it because you're mm-hmm. cultured that way. You know, and I think, uh, I think Ange now trusts him to do that. And he's clearly listened. You know, I mean, the transformation in Roddick's been incredible and we'll talk about that, but transformation in beating as well. But I get back to it. Players have a natural position for a reason. He was always a number six, but he was never ever played as a number six, was he? And, I, and nobody, no manager, no Celtic manager can really explain why. They all, I just think they kind of went, he's a big guy. He's a centre-half. He's your win everything in the air, which he doesn't do for a big guy. You know, but he, he, he kind of looked lost at centre-half, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He looked uncomfortable. But yet you put him in that sixth row and that's his natural habitat. And as Amy says, you don't, your heart's not in your mouth every time Beaton gets the ball as a number six. You're actually thinking, right, play somebody in, big man, or you know, shunt it to a footballer or, or whatever. Or you, you feel quite comfortable in there. Because, as you see, you've got the two defenders at the back, so that's quite a strong physical presence, isn't it? it from that area, from middle to, to back, or back to middle, whatever you want to think about it. So, yeah. decent protection, isn't it? Uh, so, I am, I've never been his biggest fan, but I get back to it, and I've spoken about this a few times this season on the pod, I can only assume that the manager's got into his head. It's brilliant man management. Yes. Because the manager clearly thought, do you know what? I can't let these guys go because I need them to do me a turn because the squad is threadbare as it is. If I can get into their heads and get them to play their natural game in their natural position, I want to watch here. And he's done it with Rogic to the nth degree. And he's now reaping the rewards. We're maybe, maybe having a wee bit of patience with Beaton because maybe other managers didn't because all these all and supporters as well because they just saw the mistakes and they were quick to get in his back maybe took him aside and said right big man there's a player in you here what do you want to be remembered for your mistakes or do you want to be remembered as making a contribution you know I'll be, I'll be his testimonial Tony aye yeah <laughs> I'll be there by the way the, the, the draw is coming in thick and fast Celtic are up um, we're not we're not getting Randers Slavia Prague P-A-O-K or Carabag. But I'll tell you what, we're getting uh, a much better update on our comment section than we are live on Sky Sports. So keep the comments coming in. And um, Kevin Graham's asking if it's going to be, if it's actually going to be partisan Belgrade. No, it's not. Apparently, Odo according Glant. to Scott, there we go. There we go. Norway, yeah. Yeah. Didn't Ronnie Dyla play for them? I might be wrong. At some point in his career. I'll check that just while we allow that one to settle in. So that is our playoff um, in Europe. Had we asked the question at the beginning of the season, December, Amy, four points behind, cup final, still in Europe, there's no way you'd have believed that under Ange Postacoglu, would you? Because of the scenario he was in. Not at all. You know, um, any kind of European football after Christmas, I think, 
I think if somebody actually suggested that, you probably would have laughed and went, come on, you're having a word, have a word for yourself kind of stuff. Um, but it's testament to him, it's testament to sticking to his style um, and, and to his own kind of mantra, not really listening to the noise on the outside. Um, and, yeah, full credit does have to go to Postacoglu. I don't think many of us even expected Europe pretty much from the start of the season, never mind after Christmas. Anything in Europe was always kind of going to be a bonus. And I know then... Probably because I, I don't want to say how well, because it sounds silly because we didn't have that many great performances in the Europa League. But when you look at getting nine points out of that group, I think in four other groups, we'd have qualified with that. You know, nine points. I think that is always kind of like the golden number, isn't it, Tony? You always say, like, aim for nine and you should pretty much be okay. Um, nine to, or t- ten, potentially. Um So it is, it is a credit. It's a, not the best draw. I think most of us did want randers. Um, but you know, there's nothing if if you've got a, a fully fit Celtic, let's well, hope we do. God knows what that even looks like under Postacoglu because the man's never even had that. But um, we could we could put on a could, well, Celtic will put on a show, aren't won't they? So um, yeah, to, to have Christmas, sorry, to have European football after Christmas, it is just it's a dream to be honest. It is now. Uh, Ronald Dyla never played for them. Uh, unfortunately, I can't make that link. But he did play for a few teams in his time in Norway, and I think the one I was thinking about was Odd. Yeah. There you go. That was a team he played for. He played two hundred and forty odd appearances for Odds BK. Um, so yeah, we're returning to Norway, and we have plenty of links in there. But we're talking about players remaining fit. Tommy Rogic is a guy who uh, previously we discussed, Tony that he could compile a DVD of all his best goals. Are we having a season where we could compile his best performances? Without a doubt. That was always my bugbear with Tom Logic. Goals elevated him to some kind of status amongst the Celtic fans that he was a wonderful player. He's now that wonderful player and he's adding goals. And uh, I wrote my colour piece yesterday in the Celtic way on the Wizard of Oz, both... Tom Rogic and the film. There was film references references shot through it. Uh, so there you go. It was. Uh, I just thought he was terrific yesterday. He really was. And for a guy that's coming back from injury as well, you know, I, I said Tom Rogic that I never really seen him grab games by the scruff of the neck before, like the way he's doing at this minute. You know, he was the best performer against Hearts. He was terrific yesterday. He just now was onto that part and he, and he was terrific against Hibs at Easter Road. He was unplayable against Hibs at Easter Road. Perhaps yesterday he was unplayable. And he's just gone onto that part now, chest puffed out, give me the ball, I'll make something happen. Of all the players yesterday, you knew Rogic was the one that was going to make something happen yesterday. From the minute he got the ball, the, the opening few minutes, Carl Mother will open, created a chance for and you just thought to yourself, he's on it. You know, some players you know will have their first few touches if they're on it. And Roderick at this moment in time is on it and he's not disappointing. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, you can compile these performances and goals DVD now because he's starting to just... He's a, an 8 out of 10. I gave him a 9 yesterday because I thought he was that good. Uh, and he should, probably should have scored a second. Second's into the second half, but... You know, that's nitpicking really. But I just thought he, he showed a real lot of composure and an element of brilliant control yesterday. Just his awareness, his spatial awareness. He, he just sees things. He's football in pictures, doesn't he? And just and and 
I, I go back to there. There are guys in a park who function like snooker players because they're about two or three shots ahead of everybody else or mm. moves ahead of everybody else. Rodgick's one of them, right? You know, some guys are lining up the red and Rodgick's lining up the next black and just, you know, he's he's so far ahead that, you know, you have to tune into that wavelength. You know, it's, it, it's quite uh, telling that Rodgick, Jota and Kyogo, those are the kind of players that are on that kind of wavelength. Yeah. And can tune into each other at, at certain times on the park. So that's what I mean. Just that quickness and speed of thought in the brain. You know, and I, and I, and I said it yesterday, you know, I said, uh, talk about the Wizard of Oz, and I said, he's no scarecrow because he's got a football brain and then some, right? And that's what he has. Rodgick has a football brain. And uh, thankfully for Celtic and Andy's, He's using it to the fullest and the best of his ability, and we are now seeing the Tom Rogic that I always thought was there, and it's now coming out in, in abundance, and it's brilliant. It's, it's a joy to watch actually. Time just watching them, watching them play. It's magnificent. He's twenty nine years of age on Thursday. Is this some hitting his peak, Amy? Um, I hope so. I've said it for years. Though, I never ever wanted them to go. I got quite a lot of pillars last year because I. You didn't... also said we should play Ralston at right back, Amy. I did. Thank you for bringing that one up because that is one of my finest moments. Um, but no, I have been a big fan of Rogic for years because, I, and I understand people's frustration because the glimpses were there a few years ago. But if this is him entering his prime now, then. Here we go because well, kind of like strap yourselves in because the the magic that he has produced over the last you know probably since the dialer days you know it was absolutely it's been absolutely exceptional. The only thing is that it has been probably a little bit stop start because of injuries and whatnot. But when he turns the magic on, that there is no stopping him. As Tony said, there is nobody with a better football brain in this country. Um, he is absolutely exceptional, and it is, it is a joy to watch. And he just. You know, if you probably if you didn't know football, you probably look at him and go, you know, he's quite lethargic and he's almost quite lazy because there's sometimes you know you like, oh, just make that burst in. But as Tony says, he's reading it, he's anticipating it already. He knows that it's eventually going to come to him. But he probably the, the biggest change in his game under Postecoglou has probably been that burst of pace. You know, the goal, um, you know, not at the not at the weekend there, um. But when he when he's bursting in off the side and he, he tried it against Hearts as well in the midweek before, that that's probably one thing you would never have said with Roger is he's certainly not really got any pace. But even that is his long strides. What would take some players three steps, three strides, it takes him one. He just glides through a pitch, um, and it is it's a total joy to watch. And going back, both Johan, uh, Stefan Johansson and both Harold Bradback both played. Um, Bradback went on loan there, and Johansson started his career off there. So. I love, I love that, Trevor. That's obviously who I was thinking about. You know? Obviously. Um, obviously. If you hear anything in the background for the last two and a half minutes, it's because we've got a live band playing outside. So uh, apologies. And hopefully we uh, we don't ruin your listening experience. But with the Wizard of Oz um, terms already used by Tony, the Wicked Witch is obviously personified by the Celtic boardroom at this moment in time. And there was another silent protest at the, the weekend, but what I did notice uh, coming on for 79 minutes up until the end of the game was there was a protest against the protest with uh, singing, you can stick your silent protest where the sun don't shine. I've changed the lyrics, of course. Tony, where are we with this? Where do we go from here? Uh, do you know what? I... I don't uh, 
dispute anybody's right to protest, especially about the issue, because uh, the feelings are running high with that. But I just feel that it's detrimental to the team. I think Juranovic made reference to it yesterday, didn't he, in his after-match comments? No, and if the players are noticing it, then I think the manager said beforehand, get right behind the team. There must, there must, there are other ways you could do a silent protest after the game. People have said that, you know, to to highlight your issue. But I think when you're in the stadium, you've got to get right behind the team. They need the support, you know, that they they thrive on it, they they feed off it, and I think it brings. I think the protest just they brought a negative energy inside the ground, and then you be protest to the protests and. I just I, I never like the fact that Celtic supporters fight with each other. You're just kind of I, I just uh, I hate that. You know we are all bonded by the common cause, which is to see the football team do well on the park. Get behind that. I don't dispute uh, the Celtic sections of the support that are and the the issue surrounding why they are protesting. But you have to. I don't know the answer to it because if it continues, it, it could could affect the team moving forward. And I just don't want that. I want everybody's energy to be transmitted onto the, the team and give them the support that you can and let the players feed off that and you know, get that energy inside the stadium again. Because I think that when it's negative, it's it's no great, is it? And when it's at full throttle, it's it's, it's night and day. You know, the issue ain't going away until the board address it and they could easily address it. And I think that's the frustration with the Celtic supporters who are protesting. But I just think now they've made their point. They can protest outside the ground now, uh, for me anyway. So I think we need everybody uh, on side and just, you know, it's a, it's a, a big period coming up for Celtic and they need all the support they can get. The players and the manager do and the manager wants every supporter to get behind the team in the stadium because you know what it's like when it's when they're in uh, full voice. It's it's a wonderful sight. So I, I would encourage the supporters who are going to protest to now take it outside the stadium and just get behind the team. Some might say, um, let the people sing, and the people are singing outside. So if you can hear them in the last uh, comments that I'm making, I'm not going to apologise because they're a very good band. Uh, but yes, we are coming to a close with our charity endeavours. The fundraiser for St Mary's is still live, and it will be live for a couple of days. We are expecting a few more donations to come in. Um, we're currently sitting at over £25,000, which is an incredible total for everybody who has donated or contributed to the fundraising endeavours by giving us prizes or getting involved in the charity weekend or for example so um, it really does bring the Celtic fans together just like what Tony says um, did you get a wee blast of the tunes there? Uh, so here we are we're at 25 grand plus and um, we've we've been uh, going out to about eight, 900 Celtic supporters on the Axon Bulletin this afternoon it's always an absolute pleasure to bring that amount of people together to talk about uh, Celtic and all that's left for me to say is thank you to Tony Haggerty and to Amy Canavan for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind
Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.